You gotta be kidding me. What is this crap? I, uh, I'm sorry. I know that there's gonna be people who disagree with this. They're gonna say, oh, Lord, you're giving out lamentations too easy. And that's fine. You know, we, we can disagree. This is starting to aggravate me, though. I... I... I think we're actually at a large... I haven't looked at the numbers. I haven't tracked that. I'm still in the recording phase. I haven't done the paperwork phase yet. But I think we're at a higher density of lamentations than any other season of Enterprise. And I stand by that. Season 1 and Season 2 of Enterprise were kind of bland. There was there wasn't a lot great. There wasn't a lot terrible. It was just kind of middle of the road. Season 3 has had some really great highs and some terrible lows. It's... It's a lot like TOS, actually. I'm not sure which is better. What do you think? Which would you prefer? Just generic or ups and downs when it comes to a season of television? <sighs> I mean, I guess I prefer the ups and downs, if I'm being honest, because, you know, hey. But, oh, now what's funny, by the way? I looked this up. Andre, of course I looked this up. Andrea Borbanis uh, wrote this episode. You may remember that. Now, Sussman worked on it, too, but you may remember him as... The one who worked on Extinction. Explains a lot, doesn't it? This is also directed by Michael Grossman, who was... This is his first directorial stunt here. He's he's a long-term uh, career television director. He's done stuff for other shows, too. So this is not exactly his first wheelhouse, or his first uh, rodeo, excuse me. Wrong phrase. <sighs> okay, so they find a crashed Zindi ship. Cool. That's awesome. That's valuable. There's stuff they can get. Cool, awesome. So they go down to find it, and hey, what's up? And they're like, hey, let's check this out. And then they find out about the weapons, and they find out about the ship database, and this is actually a treasure trove. This is awesome, super useful. And then they find the uh, the eggs, and at the eight-minute mark, Archer gets sprayed. So they give him a once-over, which apparently detects nothing, even though later they get him in the imager and they detect it immediately and figure out what's going on. Maybe they should have done the imager to begin with? I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just spitballing here, but given the dangerous nature of this mission and the circumstances and they're in hostile territory and hostile areas around hostile people, having just boarded a hostile vessel, maybe, maybe they should have gone ahead and been a little bit more sure because this could have been a whole lot worse than merely mind-controlling him, or at least mind-affecting him. It's a cool defense mechanism, i got to say. Reverse imprinting. It turns whoever it is that is, is around your nest into someone who is now going to be inclined to protect your nest. That's cool. I'm not even going to question how this works on multiple different species. Let's just ignore that for the moment. What I do find funny, though is later on, they just kind of crawl over Archer, and he's just kind of okay with that. And just kind of spacey, you know. I wonder if they would use him for food after the, he was done protecting them, because, I mean, insectoids, right? Anywho. <clears throat> so, Hayes and Reeds are still butting head. Uh, Reed are still, but a lot a lot less severely. That's cool. And they they bring up an interesting question. If you had to pick between raising the morale of your troops or increasing the training of your troops, which would you pick and why? I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer there. It's just an interesting quandary because both are important and neither really should be neglected. This is when the episode 
falls apart completely. And I'm going to be honest, I can't explain how. It makes sense in my head. So I'm going to try to get this terrible, terrible, terrible idea from my head, through the mouth, out into this video. And hopefully some of you out there have some idea of what I'm talking about. Please feel free to jump into the comments if you if you want to jump in on this. Because what happens here is they want this to be a the captain is wigged out episode, so we must choose mutiny. But at the same time, they want to do it in a way where it makes sense, either to preserve the twist or, far more likely, because they wanted to make this look like it was a dilemma when it's not. And so Archer keeps giving these surprisingly reasonable arguments for his side of things. The kind of thing that would be very normal for Trek. We can't just leave these people here. We can't just leave these... We've got to protect them and safeguard them. The problem, though, is all of his arguments and excuses are very surface layer. At no point does he consider the complexity of the situation or try to think of some way to have a more in-depth solution to this rather than just stopping everything to help defend the hatchery. Maybe doing some repair work for a little bit. Maybe getting some kind of energy beacon or figuring out some kind of distress call thing, which is then set to a timer thing, so it'll go off in a few days. And that way, you know, and make sure the, ha the hatchlings will survive a few days. And then, hey, we're good. Because I agree with his overall mentality. I do. These are innocents. They're also not their enemies, but they don't know that yet. These are innocents. These beings should not just be killed as a casualty if it can be avoided. Emphasis. Now, that may sound weird coming from me because I have this reputation as being a war hawk who tends to think in military terms. Uh, that's because anybody who thinks that is wrong about me and mine, but that's okay. It's the internet. I, I don't expect you to know me all that in depth. I am just a voice on a screen after all. I would be 100% in favor of saving these children, regardless of whether they walk around in all fours or whether they're primate infants, in order to try and just salvage them. Even if they were actually our enemies, they're still innocents. This is not the Jem'Hadar, which is even then kind of debatable. It's not the Changelings, which even then is kind of debatable. These are not universal bad guys. And so the possibility should and must exist to try and preserve that innocent life. You don't kill civilians. With me? Now, the thing is, just watching this episode, I thought of like three other different ways in which they could try to help these things. I've already mentioned one of them just now. Rather than stopping everything and going and, and devoting all resources to the hatchery. Uh, any other ideas you got? But the thing is, and the, this is why this episode sucks so badly. It's not just the things that piss me off the most. The extra oomph, which I'll get to later. It's the fact that the episode can't seem to decide what it wants to be. Because every time Archer gives his surprisingly well-reasoned opinion on why they shouldn't kill these things, even well into the episode, after the point at which he's already stopped being reasonable, and yet he still gives reasonable answers for why he's doing things, then it cuts to our heroes, the mutineers, who don't have a reasonable explanation for what they're doing other than the mission matters. Not the mission matters, I'm not trying to say it doesn't, but the point is they give no argument for their side of things other than we got stuff to do. They never try to reason this out, talk through this, or in any way try to reach out to Archer. Instead, it's just one side versus the other, very artificially. Like, there's just suddenly this barrier between Archer and everyone else. Sorry, Archer and the Makos and everyone else. And it's never even explained why. This would have also been a perfect time to pay off on the Hayes and Reed dynamic. Hayes is trusted with this, but then he's asked to bring in Reed. And it's like, you, you want me to... Yes, he's endangering the mission. 
you think Reed is endangering the mission? Yes. Um, with all due respect, sir, I'm not sure you know your tactical officers that well. Well, this is an order I'm giving you. And then Hayes could have been an ally during the takeover, rather than the stupid standoff that happened. <laughs> you know? It could have been a payoff to those character beats, which, of course, we can't have that. We could have also had... So, <sighs> there are scenes... Where they say, you know, Tucker's like, I just want to flame the whole nest. Those are children, Tucker. Like, why does the episode go so far out of its way to make the so-called heroes seem so antagonistic and then act as if it's just normal to be like, yeah, no, screw them, kill them. There's no nuance to this script. It doesn't try to portray this as a gray scenario and it doesn't try to portray this as an interesting dilemma. This could have been a dilemma episode. There's actually going to be a dilemma, not a whole episode, just a specific scene coming up, which is very similar to this in Construct, and much more better, much more better, much better executed than this. But this isn't a dilemma. This is a threat. In fact, this is filler. (sighs) One of these days we're going to be done with this goddamn filler. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And that is admittedly part of what drags the episode down. I'm I'm sick to death of these filler interruptions in what is otherwise an actually pretty excellent arc. I was with it until you decided to interrupt it to go to go meander for a little bit. I reiterate my chop the episodes down idea. Yes, they do get the Zindi shuttle here. It's the only thing of significance in this episode. But you that that took what five minutes at the very beginning of the episode. I think that happened before he got sprayed. For God's sakes. So there you go. There's the shuttle. You could have slotted that into the next episode. Or done it in the middle of another episode. But I'm sorry, I'm getting way off topic here. Like, okay. Maybe you wanted it to be the stupid thing. Okay, you want it to be the stupid thing. Well, then it's a stupid episode. I have nothing else to share. Maybe you wanted this to be a dilemma episode where you wanted there to be conflicting morals and we do what we must. But again, you don't do any of that. If T'Pol had been like, this is this is horrible, but we do not have the reserves of the time. We we are on a time deadline. We don't know when the weapon's going to be completed. We know they're working on it full tilt. We know that they we know where it is. We need to go, Captain. We only have the element of surprise right now. If we are caught here, this is over. You want to just abandon them? No, I don't. And show that both sides kind of have that problem. You could have turned this, eject the mind affecting, eject the mind control. Instead, make it so that Archer is starting to buckle part of his character arc. Make it so that Archer is so guilty for all the terrible decisions he's had to make throughout this whole thing that just seeing a hatchery filled with innocent, unborn children makes him go, okay, this this is a line. This is a line. I need to do something about this. I need to stay and help these people. And then you could have had that back and forth and show different characters. This could have been the family argument. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that sucks about this episode. Most of the characters in this episode are straight-up character assassinated. They act like they haven't been friends and comrades for years. Ignoring the fact that, obviously, all of them have been together for about three years now. You know, approaching three years. Several of them have known each other for longer than that. And they have grown very close, because that's how that works. But they don't act like it. So, have a family argument. Have them legitimately, without some frickin' spray, actually be at the point where they disagree on this point. Where Archer is like, no, we should do this. And have certain people side with... I'm not going to pick, pick spies, but, you know, certain group of people decide Archer's right. We can't. We have to do everything we can for those. Those are civilians. And I'm with that, as I said earlier. And then we have some people who are like, we don't have frickin' time for this. 
while we're doing this, they could be going to Earth right now. They may have already launched the weapon. Because remember, they don't know. They don't know the status. We need to get going and we need to get on this. We have other things we could do to help them and show different perspectives and gradients in between there, right? Like some people are just kind of in favor of saving. Some people are kind of in favor of leaving. And some people are more severe on both sides. You can even have, if you really want to have the threat of the week, which again, I disagree with, but if you want to have the threat of the week, you can still have them be like arguing and, and fighting back and forth and get to the point where they actually, a command breaks down where orders are refused because they just, they don't believe in them sufficiently. And so the command structure, which relies on people following orders, stops functioning. And then like a Zindi ship shows up and they're like, oh God, there you go, there you go, threat, done. Instead, we have this nonsensical drivel, which is written by someone who probably has no idea who these characters are or how they're supposed to interact with each other. <sighs> Sorry, that was mean. All of his arguments and excuses are all surface level and dismissive. Did you catch that? I wonder if there was like a mutiny mandate in all of the tracks. Because I think I think every track show, I'm not counting the new ones, which I still haven't seen, has had at least one mutiny episode. And it's 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 some of them work, but most of them don't. Because most of them only mutiny because... There's something wrong with the captain because the captain's been mind-controlled or is obsessed about, you know, some other captain or something. It's just, okay, and then they mutiny. Dramaticness. I get that this is a military. Haha, by the way. But <laughs> you don't have to have a mutiny episode. It's okay. <sighs> I'm also not impressed with the showing of the Makos here. The Makos are all like, we will follow orders. We're on the captain's side, no matter what. Okay, real talk for a second. I've talked a lot, actually, about order of uh, chain of command and how military orders are, the very nature of what an illegal order is. We had a whole discussion about that in Babylon 5, and it's come up a few times over in Deep Space Nine as well, and I think in TNG. It's a big thing. It's a big topic. You could do a lot about that. That could be baked into this episode. Have Commander Hayes being like, you know, what should we do? And one of the, one of the other lieutenants is like, well, we have our orders or one of the sergeants or corporals, we have orders. And Major Hayes is like, yes, but are those orders valid? Is it, it is our duty and responsibility to verify and check each of those orders to ensure that that is a valid and legal order. And what if it is? Then we will follow it. And what if it isn't? Then we won't. And right? But no, that's torn, that's torn out as well. Instead, they're just, yes, sir. Even Hayes admits at the end of the episode he would have followed Archer despite everything. And now I will, I will give you that, you know, the Mako's blindly following orders makes at least a little bit of sense because unlike everyone else, they don't know these people. They've only been with them for what, a year-ish? Like 10 months, I think, at this point? It was six months as of back in, uh, Stratagem. I know that. Or no, it was right before Stratagem, wasn't it? Whatever. It's been a bit. We're getting in there. And you're probably thinking, Lord, this episode sounds like it's terrible. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Uh, Tuck, the fact that Tucker's on Archer's side, the fact that Tucker's so wigged out, oh, I never thought I'd have to turn on you, Captain. Um, so, you know what this reminds me of? It does remind me of the Voyager mutiny. It reminds me of how much, and I'm going to say this where I hate, I, <laughs> it reminds me of how much they pussyfooted around that. 
about how much they were just unwilling to commit to it. And it's just this horrible, terrible thing. But it's okay. Everything's okay now. Everything's okay. The captain is always right. The captain is always right. And they pulled that same goddamn trick back in Voyager. Season 5, you remember that? Uh, Ransom. Ransom. They pull the same trick here. Tucker's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I hate it, and this is terrible, and it's awful, but you're awesome, and you're amazing, sir. I'm like, okay. Now, any episode that qualifies as Lamentation has to have that extra little oomph. I keep saying that because that's how that works. You have to keep repeating something for people to be aware of it and understand the rules, especially when I don't have the rules written down somewhere. So... At one point, they're like, can we just put this episode behind us? And I'm just like, yep. Yeah, that, that sounds like the correct choice there. But no, the extra oomph is Lonely Among Us. Remember that episode? TNG, season one. Captain acts really out of ordinary. They go around this whole shebang but talking about how they're going to have to mutiny against him. And he shuts them down with a couple of words and orders them to go get themselves checked. And that works for some reason. Even though, while some of the crew didn't know Picard very well, Crusher, Beverly Crusher, knew him for years and should be more than capable of recognizing that something's wrong. Yes, yes, it's that thing. The thing that has pissed me off since I was a kid. Once again we hit one of my least favorite cliches in fiction. Now, this happens a lot in Trek, but it, this is not limited to Trek. It's gotten to the point where I've started to notice with a positive note whenever they don't do this. Something's wrong with someone, and nobody notices. And when they do, they don't really do anything about it. It takes a huge amount of this episode for them to actually suspect anything is actually wrong with Archer. Like I said, Tucker was on his side for a huge chunk of it. Even though he's acting noticeably out of control, even though he is giving only surface arguments to things, even though he is not thinking about the situation or taking the input of his people, he actually straight up accuses her of trying to take the ship from him and Reed of sabotaging the mission. And everyone's just kind of cool with that? And I hate that trope. I hate it so damn much. And I'm sick of it. Because while it can work, if you introduce someone that not everyone really knows, and therefore they don't really have the experience with the person to know that they're acting out of ordinary, and maybe they're just, like suspicious or something, but they don't actually know what's going on. Instead, these are long-standing people who've known each other for literally years, who are like, well, well, guess it's a Tuesday. That's ignoring the fact that this is Star Trek, where these kind of mind-altering things are not only a thing, they've already been a thing on this show to this crew. You get this stupid. So that's the final oomph. It interrupts the sh it, its character assassination in several ways. It interrupts the flow of the of the of the arc. It it has this uh, the the getting the shuttle is the only significance. This episode, if you eject it entirely, no change to the arc. Doesn't have anything character wise. Doesn't have anything plot wise other than getting that shuttle. Doesn't have anything thematically. It's just wasting time. It is another filler episode. Another goddamn filler episode. Why are there so many filler episodes in season three? And then we get to the Lonely Among Us problem. Hey, he's acting out of the ordinary. Ah! I'm sick of it. And I'm tired of it. 
and I'm not giving any more credence to these goddamned episodes. So forgive me. I say that too antagonizingly. Forgive me. I am legitimately angry at this episode, and I think it's a bad episode, and that's the extra little oomph for the Lamentation label. <sighs> okay. How do we fix it? Now, I've already given you my theory. I've already said it. You know, eject the, the mind control thing, legitimate argument, legitimate dilemma, legitimate debate. How do we deal with this? How do we function? Nah, 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 nah. Finally, they decide, regretfully, that all they can do is, is leave that distress beacon and hope. And, and they can't leave their own. They have to leave a Zindi one. And they're not even sure it's going to send in the right thing. And that's still a risk. But they decide to take that risk that someone might detect that they were here on the off chance that it'll at least save the kids' lives. And that's the acceptable risk they all accept. It's the compromise, basically. And they leave. And they go to Azadi Prime. That, that's, that would be my take. What would you do? I am very, very curious to hear your thoughts, ideas, comments, hatreds, spewing violent rage. And otherwise, I do hope you've enjoyed my thoughts. I try. I swear. I'll see you next time.